Hello and welcome to the Raw Fork Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marina Buxov, and I'm a functional medicine pharmacist in New York, as well as an integrative health coach and clinical herbalist. I'm pleased to go into season three of this podcast and continue to bring on other holistic-minded pharmacists and healthcare professionals to the show. I'm constantly inspired by my guests and their stories and love sharing their points of view with you all. Please enjoy the show. Hello, wonderful listeners. I'm excited to be back this second week of season three with another amazing guest lined up for you. Dr. Emily Kirkwald is the woman behind Natural Family Planning Pharmacist and is the expert on all things fertility related, as well as the opposite side of that when it comes to contraception. She's also the host of her own podcast called Holy A Woman, and I was featured on her show last week. Dr. Emily Kirkwald earned her doctor of pharmacy degree from Drake University in 2013. Afterwards, she completed a PGY1 pharmacy practice residency at United Hospital, and currently she works at Mercy Hospital. In 2019, she completed the Delivering Medication Therapy Management Certificate Program, and shortly after, she started her business, NFP Pharmacist, where she sees patients for natural family planning consultations and medication and supplement reviews. Emily is currently completing her training as a teacher and medical provider of the Marquette model of natural family planning. She's passionate about helping women interested in a more natural lifestyle and to achieve their family planning health and goals. Hello, and welcome to the show, Dr. Emily Kirkwald. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're so happy to have you here at Raw Fork Podcast, and I just want to make a brief introduction. Dr. Emily Kirkwald is a natural family planning educator and a pharmacist, and today she'll be sharing with us about her journey. So in your own words, can you just give a brief introduction about your background and how you came um, into the pharmacy field in the first place? Yeah, sure. So yeah, I'm Emily. I'm the natural family planning pharmacist, and I really help women interested in a more natural lifestyle achieve their family planning and health goals. And I do that through natural family planning, education and instruction, and helping patients understand their medications and supplements better, um, working with them one-on-one as a pharmacist. But uh, how I got into all of this in the first place, so I was actually one of those people that went to pharmacy school right out of high school. Um, So I went to Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa, and I got into their focus pre-pharmacy program. So I did two years of focus pre-pharmacy and then got into the professional pharmacy school. So I graduated from pharmacy school uh, with my PharmD in 2013. Um, And I I guess the reason I chose pharmacy, um, you know, I think like most pharmacists, I wanted to help people. And I kind of thought I wanted to be a therapist at first, honestly, but then thinking about it and talking with a career person at my high school, I, I didn't know if I just wanted to sit and listen to people all day, honestly, and I liked math and science, and so I kind of went into pharmacy school pretty blind and pretty naive as to what a pharmacist could do, 
And I still feel like even as a practicing pharmacist, I'm still learning about the things that pharmacists can do. And so I really appreciate podcasts like yours that talk about different areas that pharmacists can practice in. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I have the same story, actually. I went into pharmacy school at St. John's University here in New York on the Queens campus. Uh, and I also graduated from the sixth year program in 2013. Okay, yeah. Contemporaries. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So is that where you grew up in Iowa? Um, no, in Minnesota, in the Twin Cities. So uh, Drake was just four hours away, which I thought was the perfect amount. Like still could come <laughs> home for a weekend, but still be far enough away that my mom's just not dropping in whenever she wants. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, that sweet spot. Um, I actually lived home until I graduated. So that was different for me. I guess I was trying to save money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> so, um, so after you graduated, what did you think, um, you know, your field of study was going to be after or your field of work, I should say, like, where, where was your first job? And are you still there? Or where did you move on to? Yeah. Yeah, so um, when I graduated, I decided that I wanted to pursue hospital practice. Um, I felt like with hospital practice, I would be able to use all of the clinical knowledge that I gained in pharmacy school, and I really liked the idea of being part of that healthcare team, like having interactions, direct interactions with doctors and nurses. And so after graduation, I went on to do a PGY1 residency um, at United Hospital in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, Dr. Lisa Gersimo was my residency director, which she has been a past ASHP president. Actually, she was a president uh, during the year that I was working at the hospital. Um, after my residency. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, but I completed my residency and then I was able to stay on as a hospital inpatient pharmacist. And I really loved it. Um, when I started, it was what I was looking for and I felt really good about um, what I was doing there. And so I still do practice um, as an inpatient hospital pharmacist. I now work for the same health system, um, but at a smaller hospital that's a little closer to my house, which is really nice. Um, it's called Mercy Hospital in the Twin Cities. Um, but as I continue to practice, and really it was as I became a mom, um, that I just started thinking, you know, I don't know that hospital practice is exactly what is lining up with what I feel like are my strengths and the area that I really feel passionately about. Mm -hmm. When did you become a mom? Yeah, so I had my son Henry in 2015. So he's going to be five next month, which it feels like time has gone so fast there. And then I also do have a two-year-old daughter, Amelia, um, yeah. as well. So an almost five-year-old and a two-year-old. Congratulations. I have a two-year-old son myself. Okay, great. Yeah. So, um, so how did that all play into your pharmacy work and musings? And how did that help you transition into your passion area? Yeah. Yeah, so 
Um, you know, it was really when my husband and I decided that we wanted to have a second child that things changed for us. Um, so we had got pregnant with my son, no problem. And then uh, we decided to have a second child and figured, okay, it'd be the same thing. And unfortunately it wasn't. And it took us a lot of time and a lot of struggle. Um, I was diagnosed with secondary infertility, which it, you're probably familiar, but it, it's basically just infertility after you've had a child. And um, thankfully, I was able to get pregnant. But after talking with my doctor and doing a lot of research, I just knew that for me personally, at least part of the reason that I had that issue was because of birth control. And I was taking the birth control pill before and after my son. And I just knew that I never wanted to put artificial hormones in my body again. And so I was very motivated while I was pregnant with my daughter to find out how could I avoid pregnancy after having her um, effectively, but without having to use hormones and without having to have something drastic like surgery. Because um, I still wanted to be open to the idea of having more children in the future. And so I found out about natural family planning and it completely changed my life. Um, I, my eyes are completely open. I had, I had no idea that a woman's body had all of these natural signs that I could just by understanding my body and keeping track of what my body was doing, I could monitor my own fertility and do it completely naturally and effectively. And so after going through all that, um, and just realizing how much time and effort it took me to find out about that, I was super motivated to get the word out. And so I started looking into how could I share the message of natural family planning and um, how could I tie this into pharmacy too? Because I still really did have a strong interest in pharmacy and helping people understand their medications. Um, but the more I looked into natural approaches, I just realized, you know, hospital practice and it has its place and helping people when they're sick is obviously very important. But I was feeling more drawn to how can I help people really be well and not even have to get to the hospital in the first place. And so after a lot of thinking and brainstorming and talking to people, uh, last year, I just decided to go all in and start my own business, uh, which is NFP Pharmacist. Yeah, amazing. Congratulations. Um, you're definitely an inspiration. And I have not a similar story, but I also took an interest in natural family planning um, before I even got pregnant with my son, actually. Uh, just like getting to know the woman's cycles and uh, getting more tuned to my own cycles because I am a woman. And that was just an area of interest for me. So one of my teachers from herbal school actually was an educator. Um, so I took a course with her when she was getting her certification. So I was like one of the um, first students that she had. And soon after, even, I guess I, I wasn't really implementing it. Like I was trying to track my cycle. And then right after that course, I got pregnant without trying to. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay. Well, you know, as, as a 
even though I was like learning about it, I wasn't really like using it against or for pregnancy. I was just kind of like attuning my body into it. And then like I got pregnant. So I was like, okay, well, let's go. Let's, let's have this child. And we did. So, um, so that's my story. And as a pharmacist, could you speak to a little bit about, um, the, the taking birth control and the oral contraceptive pill and what it does to the body and why now you're passionate about not taking it again? Yeah, yeah. So hormonal contraceptives are very effective for avoiding pregnancy, and that's often why women are taking them. The thing about hormonal contraceptives that I don't think a lot of people understand. I know I didn't even fully understand, even as a pharmacist, um, was that taking hormonal contraceptives, you're putting synthetic forms of hormones into your body, and that is shutting down your body's natural hormone cycles. So the hormonal contraceptive is basically it's tricking your body and shutting down what is a healthy system to maintain this constant state of not being able to conceive. And some of the effects of the hormonal contraceptive is that it affects things like your cervical mucus, which if you're haven't learned about natural family planning you probably don't know much about your cervical mucus anyways but it's this amazing fluid that your feminine body makes that is important for hygiene that it it has a lot of health benefits um, besides just how it helps with you achieving pregnancy um, and so you know a lot of women will take hormonal contraceptives not only to avoid pregnancy but also because it gives them a very regular bleed every month and can help with predicting your period and i say that with air quotes here because i don't think enough people understand that the bleed that happens when you're taking hormonal contraceptives happens because you're taking that week of placebo pills. It's because your body's withdrawing from the effects of the artificial hormones. It's not the natural shedding of your uterine lining that happens when you're having your natural period. And so I just feel so strongly that women need to understand what their body was made to do and how it's made to function and that hormonal contraceptives are the only medication that I know of that we offer to people to shut down a completely healthy system. Absolutely. Yeah. So definitely, I don't think we got that memo in pharmacy school even. And, you know, we didn't learn about natural family planning and the three signs of fertility that we can be tracking to improve our um you know, methods of either contraception or family planning. And so, um, you know, the birth control pill was something that like the female feminine revolution loved because it gave the power to the woman of over her own body and when she could um, get pregnant or when she wants to get pregnant, when she doesn't want to get pregnant, 
But at the same time, like now as time goes on, we see all of these negative side effects that it can have and such a toll that it can take on the body. Like you said, it's, um, you know, using synthetic hormones and shutting down your own natural system. So your natural system kind of could get lazy, so to speak, and stop functioning once that synthetic is withdrawn. And so you're artificially creating like this um, balance, quote unquote, in the body and mimicking the natural cycle, but it's so far from natural. And having those, um, you know, uh, progesterones and estrogens, sometimes they have a lot of nasty effects, like affecting your mood and, you know, giving you hair growth in places that you don't want and just a lot of other side effects that uh, yeah. people deal with. Not to mention some of the very serious effects, you know, as a hospital pharmacist, one of the things that I do is I talk to people who are being admitted and ask them about what medications they take at home and make sure their records are up to date. And, you know, just a few months ago, I uh, went in and there was this woman in her 20s um, and I walked into her room and I tell you, this girl, she looked like death. It was actually really scary. And so I figured, oh, she must be in here for this, you know, huge infection or something. And I was talking to her about her medications and she's like, oh yeah, the only thing that I was taking was birth control, but I'm not going to be able to take that anymore. And so I went back to her chart and this girl had a massive pulmonary embolism, a huge clot in her lungs. And because she was taking these synthetic estrogens. Yeah, it increases your risk of clots and strokes, especially if um, they also smoke cigarettes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's really, really amazing work that you're educating women to get more attuned to their body and um, to have different options when it comes to having control and um, having a say in whether or not they want to get pregnant. So can you uh, also share a little bit about those three signs of fertility that we, <clears throat> we as women can monitor? Yeah, and I actually talk about four signs, although there's three of the four what I recommend. So the number one sign, the sign that has the most data behind it is what I alluded to earlier is cervical mucus. So uh, this is your body's natural fluid. If you start paying attention when you wipe yourself when using the bathroom, you may notice this little fluid on the toilet paper and that's cervical fluid and it can be a, a wealth of information for you and monitoring when you have that fluid and um, some of its characteristics can help you identify um, your unique fertile window. Another sign is monitoring your resting body temperature or basal body temperature is another name for it. Um, so paying attention to what your body temperature is at rest. Um, so usually you want to take your body temperature right away in the morning and do it at the same time every day. Um, and you'll notice that after you ovulate, there'll be a rise in your resting body temperature. And so that's a sign that can be used to confirm that ovulation happened. Another um, sign that can be used and part of the method that I teach is you can monitor your own hormone levels at home. There's technology now um, with monitors and um, 
ovulation prediction test kits where you can um, monitor your own hormone levels uh, just through urine and tracking those, you can get a very objective sign as to um, when your ovulation window is going to happen and then confirm that it did happen. And then the fourth sign of fertility that some use is um, monitoring changes in your cervix. And so doing an internal exam and paying attention to the position and the feel of the cervix. This is a sign that I don't personally recommend. Um, you do have to be very hygienic in doing your own internal exam. And I've just found that um, it's a sign that can be very subjective and it can be just difficult for women to really um, get a good feel for it. But there, there are methods, the symptothermal method is one of the natural family planning methods that uses um, cervix changes and some women find success with it, but it's not one that I typically focus on. Yeah, definitely. So the three that I learned were the cervix position, the cervical mucus, and the basal body temperature, the BBT. So I guess it was more like the symptothermal um, combination of the three. But um, yeah, I think that one is the hardest to get a feel for because we're so unused to doing that, you know, having like that connection and conversation with ourselves and really feeling you know our private parts in that way so um it could be very you know just psychologically off-putting to a lot of women but i think you can definitely get a feel for it and like get an appreciation for your body through that method and um start to notice what you know what your cervix is doing as your cycle is going and that could be a very useful sign as well mm -hmm. Um, so what would your recommendations be for a woman that um, may be considering getting off birth control? Like, what would your top tips be for that? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, my approach is very individualized and customizable. I really want to help you find something that's going to work best for you and for your body. And so when I'm educating about natural family planning, I want you to know about, yeah, the different signs of fertility that can be used, some of the pros and cons about using them, and what's going to work best so that you can be successful with it, because um, that's the most important thing. And so um, if I was talking to someone who wanted to come off of birth control, you know, I would want to know, why are you wanting to come off of it? How much urgency is there? You know, did you have a serious side effect and you need to get off of it now? Or are you more just thinking about transitioning to a natural approach in the future? Um, and that can determine, you know, how quickly you want to be learning and implementing natural family planning. But um, I definitely am a proponent of coming off of birth control and finding a more natural approach. Even if you're not interested in having a family right now, or even like you mentioned when you were using, you know, not necessarily achieving or avoiding pregnancy is a big deal to you right now, but just to be able to have that relationship with yourself and learn more about your body and what your body is telling you um, is incredibly valuable. And 
you know, like I mentioned, taking birth control, it is suppressing your body's natural signs, but you can still learn natural family planning while you're taking birth control um, and get used to even just keeping track of what you are noticing. And then as you go off of it, um, you'll learn even more. So I would say, you know, start with where you are and what feels comfortable. Um, but natural family planning, it's more than family planning. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, definitely gets you more tuned and in touch with the body and seeing it as the sacred vessel for being able to carry life inside it and just appreciating that. Yeah. Yeah. I think too often, you know, the message that we get is, oh, your period is such an inconvenience. Oh, you know, pregnancy is something to be avoided at all costs. And yeah, just appreciating your body for the way that it was made and designed and that you really have this gift. Yeah, absolutely. And I also have started to use, and I don't, I don't know, probably like the past five years, I've started to use the period cup during my period. And, um, you know, I think it's also a way to get in touch with your body and like, you know, see the quality of the blood that you are menstruating. And um, it's, it's, when you get used to it, it's actually like really cool to be able to have that relationship with yourself. And also from the point of view of like not wasting resources on, you know, either pads or tampons and whatnot. Um, tampons I've never been able to use, but the cup, you know, doesn't really bother me. So it's, it's, um, it's been a really cool journey. I agree. I agree. I use a period cup too. And I, I think it's really beneficial. Yeah. So, um, what, what, what would you speak to in terms of how many people are on birth control and like the reasons that they go on birth control in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any hard numbers for you, but there are a lot of women that go on birth control. I think, you know, the message at least in America is like, all women should take birth control. This is, you know, the thing that gives you your freedom and it's just so effective. Um, and I think the message that a lot of medical providers get too is that birth control can basically help any sort of women's health condition. So, um, you know, you walk into your OBGYN office and your cycles are irregular, you're having more period pain, um, you're having heavy bleeding, like all of those here, take some birth control. You're having acne that's not controlled, here, take some birth control. And yes, you will find that birth control can help with those conditions. Um, you'll see those symptoms improve. But the thing that I want women to understand is birth control is not fixing any of those issues. It's basically a band-aid for your symptoms. And if ever you decide to go off of birth control, maybe you decide you want to have a baby and you were having irregular cycles before, your cycles might be even more irregular in the future. And, you know, if you're one of those women that's using birth control for more of a medical reason than a um, avoiding pregnancy reason, you know, 
do some of your own homework and the information that you get from natural family planning and from charting your cycles and your symptoms, that can actually give you a lot of information about what's going on with your health. And you may be able to address the cause of the underlying concern without having to just cover things up. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree. And you can get a consultation if you don't want to do the research with somebody like Dr. Emily or myself that um, really have done the research for you. And so um, I really think that the main conditions that birth control is used to treat and prescribe for besides get, not getting pregnant, it are disbalances in our hormones. So it's either the ratio of our androgens to our estrogen or estrogen to progesterone. And those uh, things that you, you mentioned to pay attention to in the cycles can give us that information of what is off, or you can just take a test as well and try to figure it out. Though the testing can come back normal and you know within average numbers but maybe for your body you need something different a different kind of ratio or balance and also if you do use a period cup that can also give you insight of the quality of the blood and the clots in there or if you do have a lot of cramping and pain and debilitation during your cycle so those are all things that um, can be adjusted by most of the time diet and lifestyle. I personally also recommend herbs since I'm an herbalist. Um, but all of those things, you know, they come from our environment, you know, with the xenoestrogens being everywhere from the plastics that are everywhere that we're consuming in one way or another. And then our other types of pollution and our stress levels. So all of that in combination can cause these kind of disbalances and the the fact that we see so many women suffering in this way is just a fact that globally we're all like having these kind of reactions to the stuff that we're consuming. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're still in the middle of this COVID-19 situation. And so you hear about stress all the time. And I know um, with a number of the women that I've been talking to, like stress definitely has an impact on our cycles. And once you start paying attention to your cycles, you can really see that. And so definitely, like you said, um, being able to manage stress and being able to support yourself um, with, with natural lifestyle changes. It's not anything revolutionary that you need to do, um, but just even having that awareness and that confidence to say, I want to take care of myself and take care of my full self. Absolutely. And so just paying attention to our stress levels and maybe going out for a run or doing any other kind of activity that you love and just taking that me time to have some joy in your life, um, you know, in addition to maybe some dietary guidelines and changes can be such a big deal and can really fix, quote unquote, a lot of problems and make you feel better in general. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so I want to go back a little bit to the NFP. And so could you also speak to how effective it is if done correctly? Because I feel a lot of the turnoff for it is like, oh, this is going to fail. Like, 
you know, the, the numbers say that it's not as effective as birth control or other methods. So I'm not even going to try it because it's so ineffective. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That is a legitimate concern for sure. And I know it was a concern that I have because, you know, I'm a pharmacist. I like data and information. And if I was going to use this, like I wanted to make sure it was effective too. And, you know, unfortunately, um, the CDC website, it, it has good information on there, but it doesn't have enough information on there about natural family planning in my opinion and you know I think a lot of um, people have done a search for you know family planning methods and you can easily um, look up you know the CDC has this chart comparing different um, methods for avoiding pregnancy and they put natural family planning you know way at the bottom um, saying that it's much less effective than uh, birth control pills or condoms or everything. But the problem with that is that um, for that data, the CDC was using surveys and they're using a combination of any kind of natural family planning. So any woman who said, I'm using a natural method, not necessarily subscribing to a specific method that has very um, standard rules that you follow and teaches, you know, follow this sign and do this on this day. Um, but just, you know, I'm just using something naturally. When you combine all of that information, then yes, it's not as effective. Um, but when you look at the literature that looks at some of those methods that um, actually, you know, teach women to follow these standard signs. So that would be methods like the Marquette method, that's what I teach, um, or the Creighton method, or the Symptothermal method is method that we talked about. Um, for avoiding pregnancy, the typical use rates, which is the rates, which means, you know, maybe you're imperfect with it a couple of days, um, you know, taking into account that we're all human those effectiveness rates are anywhere from 80% up to 98% effective. So I tell people that natural family planning is more effective than condoms and just as effective as the birth control pill if you're following a specific method. And it's ideal to work with an instructor, especially when you're getting started, um, just to make sure that you're understanding what how you're using it and to have somebody there to be able to support you because um, you will have questions. Absolutely. So the way I see it is there's certain advantages and disadvantages. So the advantage is that it's natural. So it's very safe. You're not putting anything in your body that's not safe. Um, it's free. So and it's accessible to everyone if you just put in the time to learn it. But the disadvantage is, again, that you do have to have a certain level of commitment and it's almost like a daily practice that you have to do. It's very short and quick, but you do have to make a habit of checking with yourself daily and most likely writing something down or uh, having an app of some sort where you store that data that, of the signs that you're noticing. Yep, yep. And you do have to be patient with yourself. Um, and, you know, I think one of the other struggles is that you, you do have to be honest and you do have to 
pay attention to what your body's telling you, even if it's not what you want your body to be telling you, if that makes sense. You yeah. know, once, once you start paying attention to your signs of fertility, maybe you were hoping that it was not a fertile day so you could be intimate with your partner and then, you know, your body's telling you, hey, you know, and then it's up to you to make that decision um, whether you want to, you know, take a risk or not. But um, I think I think it's a good practice in not only knowing your body, but being honest with yourself and being able to check in with yourself as far as what is most important to you. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it doesn't have to be either or all the time either. You can combine your fertile days with a barrier method like a condom. So, because you know it's more of a chance that you will, will be fertile so now you want to protect yourself if you decide to be intimate um, but also can you mention how many days were actually fertile in the month and how many days that were not fertile yeah yeah so you are only fertile for six days every cycle so that's the five days before you ovulate and the day of ovulation and that's because um sperm can live in your cervical fluid for up to five days and then once your egg is released it's only there for 12 to 24 hours so that's something that a lot of women don't know and i think the a lot of the message that we get out there is oh my goodness yeah you have to take birth control because you could get pregnant at any time um but it's really only six days every cycle I do want to mention, though, that even in very healthy women, even if you cycle very regularly, your unique fertile window, those six days, can be on different calendar days during the cycle. And so that's another reason why keeping track is really important, because it's not always this, you know, days 12 through 18, um, just naturally help for healthy people, your window will shift. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a good point. And also sometimes you could have a 28 day, sometimes 29, sometimes 27 because of those natural rhythms. And that's why it could shift those six days, which usually, exactly. yeah, which usually come shortly after your menses, that ovulation window. Mm -hmm. So that is such a wealth of information. Thank you so much for your wisdom and sharing with us. Um, I also want to know how you're seeing clients now with your business. If you are full-time now, you know, business owner, or if you still do pharmacy like PRN or whatnot, and um, you know, how can people find out about seeing you as a practitioner? Or I know you mentioned the podcast, so tell us all about that. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, so I am still working um, as an inpatient hospital pharmacist. My dream is to be able to cut down to PRN time, but um, I'm still building up my independent practice. Um, but right now I'm able to see patients one-on-one -on -one virtually. Um, and so I'm able to do all my consultations there. And then hoping that when um, this COVID-19 situation, um, you know, when it's safe for us to be able to interact in person, I'm a more extroverted person. And I, I do just really like that in-person connection. But I've been, um, I've been finding that actually sometimes being able to meet with someone while I'm in my home and they're in their home actually creates a more private and intimate setting, especially when we're talking about some more private things. 
Um, but if you would like to book an appointment with me or just want to learn more, you can visit my website at www.nfpharmacist.com. I love to have women start out with a free 15-minute consultation with me. Let's get to know one another and make sure that um, we can work well together and that I can provide you with what I need. Sometimes women come to me and they're actually looking for different information and so then I can direct you where to go. Um, but you can also find on my website just some more resources about natural family planning. And then, yeah, I would love it if you would check out the podcast. I host the Holy A Woman podcast. It's available on iTunes and Google and Spotify. Um, and I'll hope Marina will put a uh, link to it in the show notes too. Um, but we talk all about there about what it means to celebrate our whole womanhood. And with that, we talk a lot about natural family planning. Awesome. I will be looking forward to checking it out personally. I'll definitely include it in the show notes. And just one more question about your practice. Um, so do you have a patient population that you typically serve? Like, is it people that are trying to get pregnant? Is it people trying to get on birth control? Um, you know, is it anybody that just wants to learn about NFP? How, how does the whole uh, thing work? Yeah, yeah. So um, I usually work with women who are cycling. Um, and I typically have been working with women who are wanting to learn a natural method for avoiding pregnancy. Either they are on birth control and wanting to get off, or they're just more naturally minded and just interested in knowing a more um, method approach to family planning. But um, I have worked with some clients who are wanting to get pregnant too. And the, the awesome thing about natural planning is once you know your body and know your body's signs of fertility, then you can use that information the way that it best serves you. Awesome. Awesome. So if you just have a couple more minutes, I have some rapid fire questions for us. Sure. Okay. Um, what's the number one thing listeners can do to improve their quality of life right now? Oh, that's a great question. I can think of a lot of things. I think the first thing that comes to the tip of my mind, though, is drinking water. Uh, it sounds so basic, but I tell all of my patients, drink half your body weight in ounces of water. So if you weigh 200 pounds, drinking 100 ounces of water is going to keep you healthy. Um, that's, that's my top tip. Yeah, it's underrated, but certainly super, super important. Um, number two, what would your advice be for other pharmacists or pharmacy students interested in the natural career path? Yeah, you know, get out there and talk to other pharmacists. The one thing that I found on my pharmacy journey is that pharmacists want to support other pharmacists and um, people love sharing about themselves and sharing about their stories. So using tools like Instagram is a great one these days um, or LinkedIn, connect with people, um, ask questions and, and don't stop. Don't let yourself be limited to just the information that you learn in pharmacy school or just the roles that you found in pharmacy school. Um, you know, I, I had no idea that anything like this could be a possibility for me when I was a pharmacy student, but keeping an open mind and realizing that, 
you know, just because the job that you think you want, you don't see a posting for it, um, doesn't mean that you can't have that role and you can take a step to create the role that you want. Yeah, I love that advice. I think we found each other through Instagram and, Mm -hmm. you know, we are both paving and creating our roles as we see uh, for ourselves. Uh, Number three, what is a favorite hobby or pastime for you? Yeah, I love running and I've been so thankful that I've still been able to get outside and run. Um, I run half marathons. So unfortunately, one I was really looking forward to in June got canceled, but um, I know I'll get back to it. And yeah, it's just definitely my stress relief and it's a way to connect myself and uh, keep myself healthy. Awesome. And what is, well, this is probably answered by your first question. I always ask, what is your favorite beverage? Oh, yeah. Well, I do love water, but I will say uh, coffee is my beverage of choice for the morning time. So I like to put a little bit of coconut oil in my um, coffee, um, supporting my hormones with some healy fats. So that's my morning beverage. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. And lastly, I always ask how people can uh, find out more about your work and reach you. So you already told us about all that stuff, but um, I'll have that all in the show notes. And yeah, you know, and I just want to say like, if you want to email me, emily at nfpharmacist.com, I'm happy to talk to anyone who's listening and wants to know information. I love connecting too. If you um, are a pharmacist and you just want some more information, I'd love to connect with you there too. Yeah. And all the other profiles that you mentioned, the platforms of LinkedIn and Instagram and Facebook, those are all probably methods. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Yep. My Facebook page is NFP Pharmacist. Instagram is at NFP Pharmacist. And then you can just find me by my name, Emily Kirkwald on LinkedIn too. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for spending this morning with me and sharing about your wealth of knowledge. And uh, hopefully somebody listening will, will be inspired to learn more about our work. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been an absolute joy. And I just thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And I look forward to staying in touch with you. Likewise. Have a great rest of your day and enjoy the rest of the weekend. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Raw Fork Podcast, and I truly hope you enjoyed the show. If you learned something new from it, I would really appreciate if you can give us a five-star rating and a sincere review so that more people can find it across the podcast platforms. To get in touch with me, please go on rawfork.com or email me directly at marina at rawfork.com. Take good care and I'll see you back here next week.